Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only pod of its kind in the business. Whilst many media outlets will offer you the statistics and scare stories, we will attempt to provide the kind, the comforting, the curious and the flat out weird. And that's just James Ware's opening metaphor. (laughs) On the pod today, we had a range of goodies, including a clip from Tyson Fury strength and conditioning coach and across from me today for pod number and i can't believe i'm saying this james pod number 17 ladies and gentlemen is mr james where james it was never one of my childhood dreams to be a coronavirus podcaster but yet here i am and you know what i'm doing my best mate man my dreams are coming true in having such a podcast <laughs> co-host so whether it was your dream or not mine is definitely coming true yeah Day 17 of the podcast and a very landmark day for me, Dave, personally, because I managed to finally buy some hand sanitizer. Yeah, honestly, if I got out and bought myself like a Jeroboam of champagne, I couldn't have felt that it was a greater celebration. I found some in the local boots. And it's mango flavoured too. So if, if it wasn't Ooh. so dangerous, it would probably be drinkable like champagne. It certainly smells really good. But yeah, <laughs> weird that like the greatest achievement in some ways of the past few weeks feels like that. Another summary of the situation just in a little snapshot of self-isolation there. We are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. James, I want to start today by declaring something. I want to declare that I am officially a believer. Now, I had previously dismissed your anecdotal evidence of its existence, but I've seen the lights, I've seen the truth. Quarantine clumsiness is real. Now, like you said a week ago, I don't consider myself a particularly clumsy person, right? However, this week, I have already spilt coffee all over the carpet, knocked over an entire row of cereal cartons in the supermarket and burnt the milk for my morning coffee every single day. And I honestly can't recall doing any of those things in the past three or four years. Yet somehow I've fallen victim to this kind of slipstream of the quarantine curse. So I don't know, maybe it's like the Loch Ness Monster. Until you see it and feel it yourself, you deny the truth. But listeners, this is real. I know some of you will be feeling the same thing. So please do get in touch at London CV Podcast. James, We've established that it does exist. Now, please tell me, because you're a bit ahead of the curve here, aren't you? So tell me, what do I do to get through this? Have you found the past week living with this condition? Yeah, I think I'm kind of through the first phase of quarantine clumsiness, which is just the casual clumsiness that Mm. you're talking about, Dave. But I think then it kind of takes on a more acute dimension, which in some ways is easier to deal with and in other ways is worse. I mean, as I mentioned the other day, I'd managed to break our one and only kettle by boiling it with no water on. (laughs) Now, while this isn't directly clumsy, it's not like I accidentally boiled it. What I do feel is that Phase one of quarantine clumsiness is what I announced a week today, which you're going through now. And I'm simultaneously sorry that you have to suffer in this way, Dave, and vindicated that I was onto a (laughs) genuine phenomenon rather than just talking isolation babble over here in the (laughs) living room. But 
Yeah, you get through that phase, which is just casual clumsiness. I, like I said, knocked over pills, was spilling stuff, much like you. So this seems to be phase one. Now, phase two reflects the cause of this, I think, which is the combination of being in a small space, but also mm. that our brains are all on holiday right now. We can't take a holiday. So our brains have decided to take a holiday themselves. They're all <laughs> off on their getaway. And I think that's partly because I'd be interested to get an actual scientific view on this, but my very much layman's take on this is I think it's partly because our brains are processing a lot right now, right? There's a heck of a lot that they're still having to digest mentally, emotionally. So I think it's partly that, like brains aren't fully focused on the task at hand. And then it's also partly that they're getting dimmed by this work from home isolation setup. Those are my theories anyway. So we'll have to see if we can get those tested. We'll have to up the sample size. But the phase that I'm at with this is now that I do things that aren't like physically clumsy, but they're mentally clumsy. So that's the bad news for you, Dave. Like you get through that phase, yes, but it takes on a new (laughs) dimension, the next phase. So like today, I was on not my lunch break, but my lunch bake. I've taken to doing some (laughs) lunchtime baking, which really, I mean, like that a few weeks ago, if I just suddenly said, even if I was working from home online, which I sometimes (laughs) do, if I just suddenly started baking in my lunch break, I genuinely think that people I know would have sort of started speaking behind my backs about whether I needed to seek some quite serious help. And yet I like now that this is like celebrated. It feels like I'm making progress by doing this rather than Mm. that I need to check myself into an institution. And I I feel good about that. So I was doing some flapjacks today for my lunch bake. And I've been baking those, following the recipe... It was a bit confusing, the quantities. It was a recipe from Winnie the Pooh, actually. I didn't realise that he did so much baking with all that honey he's working through. But I guess it makes sense as a way to use it up. So I was doing this Winnie the Pooh flapjack recipe. And I mixed in the butter, the brown sugar, stirred in the oats. And then I was like, oh, taste this. You know, a good chef tastes his food. I don't know much about Mm. cooking, but I do know that. So I went to taste it. Somehow my brain had forgotten the fact that I'd just been heating up syrup like for 10 minutes. So this was very much like putting a lighter to my tongue. And thankfully I didn't get like fully into the mouth. But afterwards I was like, that just feels like a thing my brain wouldn't normally have done. You know, I feel like it normally would have filtered it out. I have my moments, but that would be on the filter. The kind of coffee filter of my brain would have got rid of the sediment of that idea. And so I feel that's phase two of quarantine clumsiness. <laughs> and to be honest, it's like these brain drops rather than just dropping actual things. Like your brain knocking over tasks rather than knocking over physical objects. And to be honest, I fear that I'm not going to get through that until we're released. I don't think there's a cure for quarantine brain clumsiness. 
you know, James, maybe I'm just too wrapped up in the, the podcast, which relentlessly plods on to day 17 today. But when you said you'd burnt your tongue, immediately I was thinking a James Ware's metaphor is going to dry out. And that concerned me more than anything in that entire story. So just make sure you look after the moneymaker, James, because we've got a pod to do, my friend. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, that will be the ultimate <laughs> podcast injury. Just take my tongue out on the Winnie the Pooh recipe. You'd be trading for episodes to come off that anecdote. Next up on the pod, we have our coronavirus confession corner. Now, this actually used to be a little bit lower down the pecking order in the show, but it's come to my attention, James, that it's very important that we give our listeners the opportunity to be heard. We let them confess their sins. Now, we've actually got our first back-to-back coronavirus confession appearance on the pod so far. Yeah, because... Stefan from Stuttgart has slinked back into the booth for another dose. And actually, genuinely, someone WhatsApp me about two hours ago, James, and asked me, who is Stefan? <laughs> and you know what? I didn't even respond, James, because they should know by now that where and Windsor, we do not give away our sinner's location or name or identity. So it's very, the rules are very, very clear, folks. I'm clearly not going to say who Stefan is. But uh, listen, this is a very... Interesting, very relatable uh, confession. And, and it's also one that kind of drifts into clumsiness a little bit. So I will let Stefan take it away with his coronavirus confession. I've started talking to myself all day, basically. Every day, basically. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stefan with the coronavirus confession round ticket there, the return trip. I like how that started with him sounding like he'd almost recorded it, cutting himself off talking to himself mid-sentence. I really felt like we were kind of catching him in the middle of the actual act rather than it being a posthumous confession. But yeah, we're far enough through, Dave, on the lockdown timeline, I feel like we're far enough through that it can't just be us and Stefan who is starting to no. see these little signs, these isolation indicators that they are ever <laughs> so slightly losing it. Like we're far enough in, right? We're, we're nearly two full working weeks through being stuck in our self-imposed prison. And I feel mm-hmm. like... That's got to be having an impact on people, like talking to yourself, burning your mouth, knocking things over. These sound like (laughs) fairly typical symptoms to me, but I'm interested to see if we're going to get some more unusual symptoms announced in the coronavirus confession booth anytime soon. I think admitting talking to yourself is something that a lot of people on some level can relate to as well. Like, I'm not necessarily suggesting full sentences, James, but there's definitely moments where I do kind of mutter something to myself that I definitely didn't used to do. Mm. And so I I can see what Stefan's saying. And by the way, I don't think we've had a confessor who has done so much with so few words. (laughs) I mean, both of Stefan's confessions have been about 10 words long. But my goodness, he is a definition of less is more, isn't he? Because that is German efficiency at its very best, just unleashing his soul on the world in so few syllables. I mean, utterly spectacular. I personally am hoping that Stefan feels comfortable, James, if he wants to come back into the booth. I would almost, I will have to clear this with you, but I would almost say that Stefan is 
always front of the queue for us just because I feel like he needs it more than most. Yeah, he's got coronavirus confession queue jump. I would grant him that <laughs> as well. And we'll always open it. We'll always welcome him with open arms in a real air hug sense of the word. And to just fully sign off on that, I feel like if the first sign of madness is speaking to yourself, then the first sign of recovery is confessing speaking to yourself. Mm. So I feel mm. like that was an important step for Stefan and for all of us <laughs> here on London Coronavirus Podcast. London Coronavirus Podcast. Every day here we endeavour to bring you some top tips from an expert in their field. Some of them are literally in their field because of their quarantine. Others kind of more <laughs> metaphorically so. And today's falls into the latter camp and he's fresh out of none other than heavyweight world champion Tyson Fury's camp in Las Vegas. Yeah, this is Tyson's strength and conditioning coach, Christian Blacklock, with his top tips for how you can stay in top condition at home. Hi, this is Christian Blacklock. Uh, I'm the strength and conditioning coach for heavyweight champion Tyson Fury. Um, it's very difficult at the moment. People are stuck indoors and feel like they're limited exercise-wise. But really, it's an opportunity to look at different ways to exercise you can do almost unlimited variation of exercise with little or no equipment. So you've got your body, your body, however much you weigh, I, I weigh about 90 kilos. So I've got 90 kilos of body weight resistance. So exercises like squats, press ups, planks, and body weight dips, all exercises you can do using your body weight for resistance. You've also got explosive movements like jumping, sprinting on the spot and anything that that involves a sharp powerful movement is is explosive so you've got loads and loads of variations that you can do no excuse to not exercise you've got the opportunity you've got the time everyone's at home so important for your mental health and avoiding depression pitfalls and basically everyone just just get out there in the gardens use your living rooms, do your exercises, and good luck, everybody. So that was Christian Blacklock. And James, that is quite some CV as well, to be within Tyson Furies in a camp. I mean, mm. those are some words that really need to be listened to. And we should say that Christian Blacklock is offering some limited spaces or one-on-one -on -one training. So do get in touch with him if you if you have the desire to do so. But I thought there's some really good stuff there. And it's so easy to be lazy at home, James. And we're lucky in this country that we still do have the capacity actually to run outside. And I know some countries in lockdown don't have that. And if that actually gets taken away in Britain, I think I personally will struggle and, and a lot of other people will as well. But just within the confines of your own home, if you've got the desire and the appetite to do it, Anything as simple as a press-up, you know, it can be done. You can keep yourself in decent shape. Yeah, I'm feeling like a remote Rocky having listened to that. Like, I might only be running up <laughs> the steps in the apartment building rather than any public ones, but I can still get into it. And like you said, you've never had more time and opportunity almost 
to fit in regular workouts. Like it's a real opportunity for that if you do use your body weight and what you have to work with. I actually, just before this pod, just before we started recording, did a workout that was online and the guy was using two chairs to do like push-ups on the Mm. chairs, dips on there. And honestly, I couldn't have done that in a fancy gym studio. And it was really serious stuff. So like there are some things you could do at home that you wouldn't even be able to do in a normal gym. So I'm kind of enjoying exploring that. And like Christian said, I've definitely always bought into the idea, right, that your mental health is so connected to your physical health and doing exercise makes a big difference to that. But I think I've never so directly experienced that as this time. Like, it's so clear to me that every day when I'm feeling the effects of being stuck indoors a bit, and I do something physical, just go out for a 5K run or do a kind of half-hour workout indoors, the difference that makes to my mood and my outlook is huge. And Mm. like he said, it's a major way that we can kind of take control in trying to avoid some of the more major mental health issues that come with this situation. So I think that's a really important message for all of us to be reminded of right now. So today as ever, I was tasked with securing an exclusive expert for today's podcast. And we were lucky enough to get a heavyweight world champions trainer on the show today. But Dave and I were riffing with the theme of movement as a theme that we were going to explore today. So he was doing all the technical editing and the stuff on the socials. That's Dave's domain. And I was out there hammering emails like (laughs) I was some kind of weightlifting champion on the giant hammer at a fairground. Like that was my approach on my computer (laughs) keyboard today. And it was more one-way traffic than a cul-de-sac out there. I mean, I I wasn't getting much back. So this morning, before I'd even like had a break for coffee, for people who want to hear a little bit about behind the scenes here on London Coronavirus Podcast, I'd contacted every single judge in the history of Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, if they'd even appeared as like a guest judge on one episode, then they had been emailed via their agent. And there might be some news to follow on that tomorrow. So you'll have to tune in then to hear Ooh. about that. But I'd reached out to all of them. I then moved into the strangest movement activities. Because I was like, oh, there must be some quirky ones out there. And there were some real learnings, particularly on some of the stranger yoga themes. So I'd heard about, and I think most people had, when beer yoga first took off as a thing. Like, good viral headline that, right? You can do (laughs) yoga with beer, kind of sweet and savoury all at the same Mm. time there on your exercise mat shake it ridiculous yeah ridiculous but logical at the same time yeah yeah and like mixing up those different angles so i'd heard about that what i hadn't heard about was gin yoga but this sounds like a really good one to get into if you're looking for some lockdown exercise with a difference with a little alcoholic je ne sais quoi and I found that there are these classes, you can find them online, the full live streams of gin and yin. So it's yin yoga, which like for anyone who's not done it, I've done it once, like very slow, 
holding these right. poses. Quite sleepy, actually. Some critics would say yin yoga needs livening up and they can see why alcohol's been brought into the yin arena. But I discovered that's <laughs> the thing. I was emailing some goat yoga teachers. Not a great time in the goat yoga industry right now. I can mm. tell you that for free this evening. Uh, James, uh, yeah, I wanted to... I mean, I always applaud and commend your recruitment efforts because it really is quite sensational but just today there was a point I think it's around midday where obviously you'd had a, a few knockbacks or silent rejections and you kind of looked to me perhaps for a, something to bounce off and I was right in the middle of all the editing and I, I think I didn't give you much to work with I just ty- typed back goat yoga <laughs> as if go on James go off and find, find us a goat yoga expert and I, I just wanted to apologize on pod James if that was a bit short and deeply unhelpful advice just saying goat yoga in one whatsapp message and expecting you to conjure up a 60 seconds of lyrical WhatsApp genius from an absolute specialist in the field. But that is just how high I rate your recruitment abilities. Thanks, man. That means the world. No, it was a great lead. That really had me ticking over. And anyone, I think it's safe to say that at the next meeting of the Goat Yoga International Board, they'll be all have said they've been emailed by London Coronavirus Podcast. Like they all have that sliding into their DMs today. Probably the most surreal moment in the recruitment field today was when I reached out to someone who does chocolate yoga. And again, I was like, look, not everyone wants to do live streamed yoga classes at home, but Gin yoga, yeah, I reckon people might give it a crack and it might get them mm. in some movement. Chocolate yoga, again, I've really rediscovered my sweet tooth, which had been on hold for quite a few years, but this situation has really reawoken it from its hibernation and it's back mm. with a vengeance. I was like, Amen. well, yeah, if, if you're going for your chocolate, you may as well fit some yoga in too. That's going to make it a bit healthier, right? So I have this really strange moment where I WhatsApp someone who I found had taught chocolate yoga. And I sent her a WhatsApp, she was really sweet, this yoga teacher, and replied like, hi, thanks for reaching out. What is chocolate yoga? And so I found myself in a very surreal situation, in a broader <laughs> time of surreal situations, where I'd approached someone to be an expert on the podcast on chocolate yoga, and yet, weirdly, I was the expert explaining chocolate yoga to them. So that, that didn't really lead anywhere. But I think if I do do any downward dogs this evening, I feel qualified to do them with a Terry's chocolate orange in one hand. So now it's the time of the podcast where we hear from a lucky lockdowner who is living the quarantine dream. And today's actually comes to us from further afield than most. This one's from Gabon in Africa. Now, we've all had plenty of time to focus on our interiors. Some may be more time than we'd like. And so it seems to make sense to me that this is a particularly inspired quarantine dream. London Coronavirus Podcast, Miss Tonya and I'm based in Gabon, Africa. I'm living the quarantine dream by registering for an online renovation course that's hopefully going to teach me everything I need to know about renovating our future family home. So I'm spending way too much time on Pinterest 
looking at amazing inspiration for this house that I do not currently own. I like it. I think a lot of people, James, can relate to mythical houses in some hypothetical version of their life that they've already created and it's a dream house I think you mentioned yesterday about perhaps you having a dream house with a pub in the garden or something so yeah I think that's a very relatable uh quarant dream yeah it seems like a really good use of the time and there's lots of talk mm. of people signing up to courses you know doing that as saying more productive like having that as saying to span this time and again when I was looking today earlier Dave I came across this course, which seems to have not gone online, or I think I would have signed up already. It seems you can only do physical lessons and they're on hold for the time being. But there is a genuine course you can do in London where you go and it's called How to Run Like Tom Cruise. And you go and get taught <laughs> how to run like Tom Cruise. No. It was unclear how, how many weeks of lessons are required for this. And I also quite appreciate that having reached out to that person, they were too busy to get back to me today. Like I quite <laughs> like the idea that if you're a professional Tom Cruise running instructor, you're still absolutely chock-a-block even in lockdown. I need to get on the online live streams of that class. But yeah, interiors and doing up your future dream home sounds like a pretty classic course to be taking. Anyone who is doing a wackier course, Tom Cruise related or otherwise, we'd love to hear about it on Living the Quarren Dream. You can always get in touch with us on socials at London CV Podcast. Next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have our clip from around the globe. This is the part of the pods where we drop in and see how individuals, communities and countries are experiencing this bizarre situation in every corner of the globe. Yesterday was Wales, today is Brazil and my friend Bira in Sao Paulo, I'll let him take it away with today's Global Updates. Hello, I am Bira Brazil Lima coming to you from Sao Paulo. Well, can you imagine one of the biggest cities in the world? And you look out the window and it has a ghost town feel to it. That was Sao Paulo last week. A lot of uncertainty in the air. This week, it seems like people are going out of the house a little bit more. Uh, businesses are starting to kind of open their doors. Although the government has said to not do so. People are, there's still that uncertainty in the air, but there's a little bit more confidence around in the people. So they're going out of their houses, which they weren't doing last week. It was very rare for you to see somebody walking on the street uh, last week, unless they were going to a supermarket or to a pharmacy. This week, you see people walking around a little bit more, doing exercises, um, riding their bikes. And the people that are doing that sometimes do get criticized by others. Uh, Sao Paulo is a huge city. There's a lot of buildings. And then people from certain buildings would yell out, vai pra casa, which means go home, go home. On the flip side, there is also a lot of uh, solidarity. There's a lot of people offering to go to the markets or to the pharmacies to help uh, people that can't leave the house or shouldn't leave the house, especially the older uh, people. But Brazilians in general 
still have that uncertainty. The numbers uh, of infected people in Brazil should go up. There are about 23,000 tests that are still waiting for the results. And uh, only time will tell. But uh, there are people that are really worried. At the same time, there are people that are feeling a little bit more comfortable with the situation. So that was Bira from Brazil. And James, it's always really interesting and important, I think, to take into account the fact that each different country has their own set of circumstances, their own set of cultural behaviours. And of course, we can learn from what other countries are doing. But also, I think we really need to appreciate that every country is at a different stage, a different chapter, if you like, of, uh, of this same book. But once again, James, the, the idea of community spirit and people helping other people is really something that's layered uh, throughout this whole process, I think. Yeah, that seems to be a constant everywhere, doesn't it? It's one of the things that is the same everywhere. As much as, as you're touching on, Dave, there are differences in how each country responds and the cultural reaction as well. It seems that wherever you are in the world right now and however they're experiencing this situation, that kindness and those just simple acts that people are bringing out are really making all the difference. And I also enjoyed the quarantine confidence mm. that was coming across in that one. People are still abiding by the rules, but they've found their quarantine swagger. Yeah. And I think that's something we can relate to here in the UK. Now it's the second working week of the lockdown and people are still sticking to the rules by and large. But there's a way of doing so, which is like a little less uncertain than last week. It feels somehow like we're finding a little way to be more expressive of ourselves whilst doing it within the confines of those rules. And as I say that, we're just about to have to pause the recording of the podcast because the clap for our carers is about to happen every Thursday night at the moment at 8pm here in the UK. So it's amazing having heard about all these initiatives all around the world to see that happening on a local level here too. So that was this week's Clap for Our Carers live from London. And amazing how that's grown even just in a week. Lots of the most famous landmarks and monuments in London and across the UK were being lit up blue for that minute. They were pausing coverage of anything on the major TV channels and expanding it not just to be our thanks to the NHS, but to everyone working on the front line of this, from postal workers to teachers, everybody. So great to feel connected with people across the UK and around the world, really, for a minute in a different way. And now it's time for the huge hug that is our end-of-show coronavirus kindness, which today is one for the people who really, I think everyone was most worried about how they were going to handle this. It's lonely older people who obviously, as one of the really at-risk groups, have to isolate more seriously 
and yet that comes with a whole host of its own problems. So this really early on flagged itself as one of the major issues for people who would be affected in an even indirect way by this situation. And care home group CHD Living have responded to this by launching their Adopt a Grandparent campaign. So you could go on their website and sign up to adopt a grandparent. And if you adopt a new grandma or grandpa, then what this will involve is having phone or video calls with your new relative, sending cheerful pictures, stories, poems, whether by post or email for them to enjoy, sharing stories across the different generations, and sending letters and postcards if you want, much like a pen pal. And I saw this, and I'm not lucky enough to have any grandparents who are living. I only really knew one of my grandparents because I only had two when I was born and one died when I was six months old. So I thought this was like an amazing initiative to impact people. But also personally, I was like, you know what? That sounds super cool. Like I so respect the wisdoms and different experiences of that generation. And particularly right now when it feels like there's this generational gap at times with this experience seems like a really cool thing to be able to bridge that on a personal level and like make a difference but also benefit from that so in a sentence I never thought I'd say one of many sentences I never thought I'd say that this whole situation has made me say out loud I today Dave signed up to adopt a grandparent James, we end every edition of London Coronavirus Podcast with a quote, something to tee you up for the next 24 hours. And today, I was thinking about what Camilla, our psychotherapist, said on the pod last week about being realistic, about being kind to yourself during this time, and in terms of the hobbies and new things you're going to take up to keep you sane throughout this really, really tricky period. And I think when we strip it all back, I'm brought back to what Sigmund Freud said. And I know a lot of his work's been kind of not discredited, but the theory behind it certainly evolved. But Mm. I think when you take everything away, James, and you try and find out what would make you happy in any situation, and this perhaps more than most, I think Freud summed it up best. And I'm abbreviating here, but when Sigmund Freud was asked, ultimately, what makes people happy? He said this, work and love. 